Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Living on Blockchain. Today we are speaking to Harshal. Harshal is the CEO of Zaid Finance. Zaid is building innovative products around DeFi. Uh, they they've created basically a platform which is at the forefront of DeFi innovation. And uh, this particular conversation was obviously a lot about their platform, their new launches, which was very, very interesting uh, to see that kind of enthusiasm uh, around building is almost contagious. Uh, Harshal has uh, very high hopes regarding, uh, like the most of us, I think, listening in and tuning in and being in Web3 around where, you know, a Bitcoin is going and how we are already in a bull market. So uh, this is a great conversation if you're a young builder and I can't wait for you guys to hear this. Let's deep dive right in. Hi, Harshal. Thank you so much for making the time to speak to me today. How are you doing? Hi, Tarusha. I'm doing really great. I'm like, you know, uh, just suffering from the bull market. So yeah, everything <laughs> very great. All right. Okay. So you you mentioned that, you know, you are just sort of uh, looking at the bull run that is perhaps about to begin. What is your, let's, before anything else, let's take... Let's get your take on that. Uh, where where do you think the market is heading? I mean, uh, well, uh, well, personally, I believe we are already in a bull market. We entered bull market like, you know, uh, when the ETF was announced, and uh, mm. I believe like the market is going to the moon, right? So it's it's two thousand twenty again. Mm. When next year is going to be two thousand twenty one, so we are just getting started with the bull market, but it's just the beginning. So last time we hit sixty nine thousand dollars. So, I mean, going by the meme culture, we should have $420,000, but uh, right. I believe a realistic target should be $120,000 for Bitcoin. And the space is going to the moon. Like we are getting mass adoption now. I mean, the previous cycles, uh, the previous cycles, we reached to a limited amount of audience, but this mm. time, if last time we reached to, uh, to about 300 million people with the bull market, this time the number is going to be more than 1 billion, I believe. So, you know, that's my take on the bull market. We are just getting started. This is just entirely like 2020. Mm. And the ETF, and I believe that in the next uh, five years, in the next, uh, actually, in the next five years, we'll hit 10 trillion. And in the next 10 years, uh, we may see Bitcoin flip gold. It's a very bullish prediction, but yeah, uh, I'm very bullish on cultism. So, yeah. Awesome. So, this is a very good way to start the episode. And, uh, you know, you're one of the few people who's, uh, trying to perhaps uh, everybody I think secretly is trying to time the market and predict how the weather market will go but you know you've come out uh, with with these big numbers and uh, obviously we are all very bullish on uh, this ecosystem as a whole and where we are going but now you know just uh, like taking a step back and uh, talking a little about your journey uh, how did you get into web3 and uh, you know what has been your journey so far like 100% so I got into crypto uh, in 2019, when, uh, like, you know, when I was just 13 years old, uh, get curious on the internet, like, you know, I was just like, I wanted to, I just heard about Bitcoin from somewhere, to be honest. And then like, you know, just invested in Bitcoin, then like, you know, probably was, uh, you know, I was inactive for about a year, 2020, uh, you know, uh, COVID came in, the lockdown came in and I became more curious. I had nothing, you know, I had nothing better to do. So started learning more about crypto, lost some money in 2020, 2021, the Dogecoin saga started and like, you know, uh, the Dogecoin saga was basically sort of like a turning point. Uh, the GameStop, the GameStop saga and uh, the 2021 Dogecoin saga brought in a new, new era of retail investment, which for me as well was a big turning point because like, you know, I was able to devote more time to crypto at that point. Uh, and I was particularly fascinated by DeFi. 
where for me like you know defi i mean to be honest defi is the biggest use case of web3 biggest use case of crypto um and defi personally and like defi for me was always meant to replace the 22 trillion dollar financial system but when i was using defi it was no way near its vision of replacing traditional banks and banks right. were not up to the mark like at that point we had uniswap at that point we had curve at that point we had several products but all of them at that point were not providing any real world banking service um and for me you know that sort of like you know that was uh, the two, the 2021 version of defi was not going to get mass adoption and nobody hmm. was solving the problem of mass adoption at that point and even if they were they were not going in the right direction so in january of 2022 after spending some time in the defi market for i would say i think a year uh, i decided like you know i needed to be the one to step up and solve these problems i identified uh, three major problems in the defi space the first one being that uh, defi products have a terrible user experience terrible hmm. user experience terrible ui complex tedious um it has a very very uh, very very steep learning curve to it secondly fragmentation was a big problem it was fragmented it across different chains different protocols and anybody who came to defi would any day prefer centralized exchanges considering the liquidity considering the fees and everything defi as a product could not compete with centralized exchanges how the hell could yeah. you compete with commercial banks yeah. and number three, we were focusing on making quick money we were trying to get quick adopters and like again like you know with every great innovation out there uh defi was also like you know defi defi is still filled with scams defi uh has a lot of unsustainable incentives unsustainable economics we were trying a lot of things but at the end of the day we were not competing with new banks or we were not competing with traditional banks from day one hmm. so we just like found these three problems i like you know i i thought of a very simple solution why not create a super mobile app which uh which has the user experience indistinguishable from a digital bank such as revolut such as monzo such as any other popular such as paypal such as any popular digital bank while powering it by the best of defi hmm. early we were on one chain but then realized like you know one chain is not going to make it and multi, and the future is multi chain okay. uh, but right now the the liquidity and everything is fragmented across so many protocols and chains hmm. uh, so it's very difficult to choose the best one out of them so we we decided why not aggregate the best of defi across all chains evm and non evm across all protocols and provide them in a streamlined manner specifically created to replicate traditional banking services through the super mobile app which has the user experience of a digital bank so that's uh, what we are doing at zed where we are solving where we are trying to solve all the major problems of defi and get it ready for mass adoption so that even your grandma can use it without even realizing that they've entered the world of defi so you know that's what my journey in defi and crypto has been like i started as a started as a investor uh, then became a trader then became an uh, then became an algo trader i would say like you know i was doing arbitrage i was doing uh, i was doing a hell lot of arbitrage arbitrage i was running trading bots i was mm-hmm. um, yeah so like you know i just spent i was like i was a total degen and then i became a builder in 2022 so yeah that's what my journey in web3 has been like i started in crypto uh and right now i'm in web3 so yeah nice i think that is a journey for a lot of uh, folks who you know started off as traders and uh, they got in on the retail side and then they decided that you know they can really do something to perhaps change the user experience or the way this technology is being uh, adopted but 
perhaps you know looking back who was or what was that one factor or one uh, person who perhaps uh, pushed you or introduced you to this technology i mean uh there, there there was like a lot there were a lot of technologies which were there but there was one technology in particular which actually you know influenced my thinking a lot and like you know shaped a lot of my thinking it was terra terra even okay. though they collapsed but the but overall like you know i i like i knew that they were a ponzi uh, hmm. i knew that they were a ponzi they were going to fail and the economics were not sustainable but terra started something like terra got got mass adoption through chai like i think that's perhaps the only the, at that point of time it was the only defi app to have over 10 million users terra terra got uh, you know a lot of the retail retail users through anchor through mirror and it was doing something in the right direction just with the wrong way so the right. terra so the terra ecosystem i mean uh, personally i believe what terra wanted to achieve create multiple stable coins and and use those stable coins across uh, different defi protocols which are basically used to replicate traditional banking services it was a very fantastic idea but again the base and the technology was very weak and the intentions of the founders were not correct the algorithmic stable coins are not the way to go uh, unsustainable economics are not the way to go so once you remove all of that once you solve that so i believe terra was uh, perhaps the biggest reason uh, or the biggest inspiration for me to start zed or for me to get into the space so yeah that's what i believe wow okay so that is how you started and uh, look where you are so now with zed you are building a primarily an interface that would make you it easy for users to use web3 uh, in in a perhaps a very seamless manner can you tell us a little more about the product 100% definitely so like right now we are uh, right now we are live with zed 2.0 with zed 2.0 we call it the best trading experience ever okay so with zed so with zed 2.0 over the next 3 weeks we are launching three products Hmm. the first product is what we call the, the it's it's basically the ultimate trading experience by what i mean by the ultimate trading experience is we provide you with a very seamless experience like of course like you know we have advanced charts we have latest news we have multiple markets and we aggregate liquidity across all chains evm or non evm and we give you the best rates possible across all chains without any gas that's our product number 1 which we have already launched then we have another product coming out next week which is called which is on chain stocks on chain forex and on chain commodities we are okay. bringing in on chain stocks in partnership with dinari so you can trade tesla on chain you can trade uh, on nvidia coinbase apple and and the most popular stocks out there and you can even receive dividend on it it's backed one is to one by the real world assets wow nice forex, yeah on chain forex it's pretty simple we are we are working with zave for that and like you know they are they are literally the best market makers for on chain forex in the space and on chain commodities it's very simple a lot of people are already doing it but we are working with dinari we are working with zave and we are also working with uh, we, yes so dinari and zave are two people who are helping us bring in these real world assets on chain so that people can trade so these three assets are something you know which people have already traded for a, for a long period of time and uh, yeah they will continue to do so whether it's on chain or off chain and lastly we are launching um, the following week uh, a product which is loved by degens by non crypto folks everyone it's called perpetual futures and like uh, perps are something which has been which has found product market fit and mm-hmm. we are partnered up with the best perp decks out there which is hyperliquid 
and DYDX. So we are partnered with two of the best, uh, two of the best perp dexes out there, and we'll give right. the users the best rates by aggregating these two perp dexes. And uh, with as you know, with perp, uh, with uh, with the uh, hyper liquid, we can give you access to multiple markets uh, with low market cap tokens or high market cap tokens. And hyper liquid is has probably the best uh, technology for perps out there. Whereas right. DYDX is the best liquidity. So once you aggregate two of the market leaders, we can provide our users the best experience. And other than these three core features, we have two very interesting features coming out. These are more these are these are more uh, directed towards retail traders. But I love using them. One of them is called DGN AI, which which provides you with the most advanced data with uh, with basically analyzed data in the most seamless manner possible. So you can ask questions like. Why is Bitcoin pumping for the past five minutes? And it will give you a detailed analysis of what happened in the past five minutes. It will give you the technical analysis. It will give you it will give you the latest news. It will give you the inflows and outflows. So we aggregate data across multiple data points. We are partnered with Token Terminal. We are partnered with um, we are partnered with Look uh, Look On Chain and multiple other partners to bring you this data, while also running multiple models on our uh, with in partnership with Veron as well. So, you know, we have been working a lot on DGN AI. It's the ultimate analysis tool. Whether you are a beginner, whether you are a quant, you're going to love using that product. So, and then the other product we have is portfolio analysis. So you can basically look into your portfolio. You can get, you know, uh, a look into all your trades. You can analyze what went wrong, what went right, what can you do better and everything. So, you know, that's what's going on with Z 2.0. We are looking to make the best training experience. And then we'll expand into other products, whether it's spending, Trading and spending are two of the products which are on our radar. And then mm. we'll expand uh, onto the products later. Wow, wonderful. That sounds uh, like a quite a journey. And, you know, kudos on the collaborations that you uh, guys have made so far. All the partnerships sound very exciting. And especially this introduction of uh, Real World Assets, which is a new product that, you know, you've mentioned. Uh, that That is super exciting as well because Real World Assets on chain, uh, like, have become all a rage nowadays. And executing them has been a bit of a challenge, I believe, because uh, a few years back, I think, I guess it was too early. We, we tried executing gold and silver on uh, chain as well. And it was obviously, you know, doing it uh, on your own. Uh, it was it was kind of a logistical nightmare with all the, uh, you know, bureaucracy and the jurisdiction and the licenses that we had to sort of procure uh, if you're going and you know, doing this directly, you are uh, tackling this obviously with an intermediary, uh, and you know who, who are helping you facilitate this. What kind of challenges you challenges have you faced so far in in actually executing this and getting it right? I mean, personally, I believe since two thousand seventeen, uh, the biggest problem of bringing into of bringing in tokenized real world assets is not like uh like contrary to what people believe that it's the legal side of the thing it's the it's the operation side i believe the lack of demand is a major reason since uh 2017 mm. you know a lot of people try to bring in real world assets on chain real world right. real, like, like tokenized real estate has existed since 2017 yeah uh, people have tried doing it there is no demand there was no demand there is still very very little demand to be honest mm. and the reason for that is that people in crypto are in the space to make money they're in the space to get, uh, like, they get to get abnormal returns. Right. So investing in something like real estate on chain, something like investing in stocks on chain, that won't fit their appetite. But I believe that this time it's going to be a bit different because DeFi and crypto 
they are gonna they're gonna separate like we we want to see defi separate from crypto right now it's right now still crypto moves along with defi but i believe in this cycle we are going to see it uh, go differently where defi will get more mass adoption due to its actual use case rather yeah. than just you know a playground for degens so this cycle i believe real world assets will get demand and in terms of uh, and in terms of execution and in terms of uh, you know the legal operations side of the things we let our partners handle that because we cannot do everything by ourselves we are yeah. good at making that's we are good at making you know we are good at getting consumers so you know, that's what we do we we cannot we like for every popular for every web2 company out there web3 company out there having a good infrastructure is very required having a good hmm. infrastructure and having a good consumer layer so we are that consumer layer in crypto and web3 we already have a lot of infra layers but we don't have any good consumer layers so we are that consumer layers where we are going to utilize the best infra available in web3 so that's what we are doing right now but i believe like uh the we have already solved the supply side problem it's the demand side which is the major issue uh and we can only solve that demand side issue once people uh start using defi to solve their real world problems and they use defi to solve the problems that they face in their day to day lives so yeah right i think that is a very valid point you know a demand is always uh been on the scant side especially for real world assets and i i think i attributed mostly towards the lack of understanding perhaps uh and the lack of clarity uh to a lot of investors and on the retail side uh as to what perhaps this asset class is and how would it really work and i think that has slowly changed over the years would you agree i mean definitely like compared to the 2017 batch and compared to the 20 like the current like we have evolved a lot in the past 6 years to be honest right mm. compared to what we were 6 years ago so we have definitely evolved a lot and the retail has also evolved a lot so yeah i mean definitely i agree with you on that so can you tell us a little about uh, the team uh, you know that that is building uh, this brilliant product 100% definitely so our team we go okay so with our team it's been quite a journey so i started with two of my friends uh, one of them one of them is anshuman tikriwal another guy is arnav jhajaria So Anshuman Tikriwal is basically we call the prodigy of a team. He won a hackathon. He won the world's largest AI hackathon. It's called AIIJC, where the chief guest was Mr. Vladimir Putin, uh, and he won the first prize over there. And uh, Vladimir Putin gave him the award for that. Then he got an offer from C Vision Labs at the age of uh, at the age of fourteen or fifteen. I don't remember. Mm. He's a AI prodigy and he's just a great dev. Um, So you know that's one of, that's one of our founding members. Then we have Arnav Jhajaria again, a great dev. Uh, he's been working. He's been working. Working. He's been coding since he was, I think, six or seven years old. So you know, uh, th- that's th- those were our first two team members. After that, we got all our team members from Discord. So, uh, so the first person I believe, uh, so I, I believe like Artyom Kulaga. He's our head of design. Mm-hmm. uh he he's he has worked in new he's right, he like he was working in a new bank right up until 3 months ago uh and like you know he worked in he worked in a new bank we cannot name them so he has more than 4 5 years in experience in design then we have andrew elisa he has he has actually worked in uniswap labs before so he worked in uniswap he he was a contributor at uniswap sometime around 2016 17 and he's been in the crypto space since 2013 so you know he's an og of the space he's been he's a very very experienced dev he has over 10 years of experience he has worked in armrock he has worked in 
he has worked in Cisco, he has worked in several companies. So he's our, uh, what we call an adult supervision to a tech team. Then we have a couple other members. You have Jashan Shetty. He's, uh, he has worked in Rep3 before. And then we have Priyanshu. He has worked in, um, he has worked in Purple Pay and he has worked in, uh, um, so, you know, that's our team. It's, it's a very, very technical team. Hmm. Uh, because we believe like at this stage, um, at this stage, once, once you crack the product and right. once you crack the distribution, you'll be able to do everything. And then like, you know, we can later expand the team. I would also like to mention like, you know, um, we also have some great advisors and great, um, you know, investors who have helped us out. So I would like to especially mention Mr. Ajit Khurana. So like, you know, he has been, um, advising us since, um, for some time now. And like, you know, he's there to guide us because, you know, he has made some, he has made crypto, he has made, um, he was the CEO of Zeppi. So like, he knows the right. consumer, so, you know, yeah. that definitely helps us out. And, yeah. uh, like other than our team, it is the ecosystem which has supported us a lot. The ecosystem, the people in the ecosystem who have supported us from day one. So like whenever I mention about my team, I never forget to mention about the ecosystem because the ecosystem has helped me as much as my team. So, yeah. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Ajit is a friend, is a, is a very old friend and he's probably seen me from the very start of my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, since 2011, we were working in deep tech then, and uh, he he has uh, wonderful insights just uh, owing to his very vast experience. So I completely agree with you, Darren. When it comes to the ecosystem, I totally believe that, you know, in Web3, um, it's, it's all about sort of pulling people up. And, you know, it's a small ecosystem and everybody is sort of there to give you perhaps the help and support that you need. Uh, to get your vision to life, because I think all of us are rooting for the same thing for larger and greater adoption of Web3. I mean, definitely, totally agree on that. So now, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, the team and your milestones that you're looking forward to. If you had to perhaps sum up your, you know, the USP, because you are obviously positioning it as an alternative to traditional banking. Uh, and if you had to sum up, you know, the USP for Zaid vis-a-vis uh, traditional banking, uh, What? how would you perhaps put that across? So I'll start first with like, you know, how we compete with neobanks. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, this is more of an easy comparison because we all know how DeFi is better than neobanks. So I'm not going to mention the advantages of DeFi and like, you know, the advantages of non-custodial nature and the transparent nature of DeFi. But instead, what you could do with Zaid, what you can't do with your neobanks. So number one is the unparalleled access. With your new banks, you probably cannot access the global assets, whether it's whether it's trading on chain stocks, US stocks, if you're sitting in India, or trading like you know uh, European stocks while sitting in India or while sitting in anywhere in the world. Um, second thing would be the the uh, execution, the settlement periods, the fees. Traditional finance just cannot compare compete with that. Number three would be just the sheer number of products we offer. Again, the products that we offer. Uh, may not be available in different regions, such as, um, uh, such as futures, such as, um, such as uh the a uh, high stable a uh, high stable entry, a uh, high stable interest account, access to USD, access to literally any fiat currency in the world, uh, via stable coins, and several other features, which the neo banks cannot provide. And obviously, we have the uh, obviously we have you know the advantages that DeFi has to offer. But let's talk about something more interesting. How do we compete against the thousands of wallets out there, the the thousands of super apps out there, DeFi super apps, and how do we compete with centralized exchanges? 
So we have three major points on how we compete with them. Firstly, I would say we the amount of protocols and the amount of chains that we aggregate is uh, perhaps the most in the entire space. We have done our research. Uh, we are the ultimate aggregator. We aggregate everything. We aggregate chains. We aggregate protocols. We aggregate fiat ramps. We aggregate. We provide you card services. We are the ultimate aggregator platform available out there. So once you come to Zed, you have the assurity that the rates that you will get, the, that the products that you will get, is the best that DeFi has to offer. Secondly, I would say the experience. In Zed, everything is gasless. So if you want to basically transact, you don't need to hold Ethereum, Matic, uh, Solana, or any of that stuff. You don't have to speculate on those assets just to do a simple transaction. In Zaid, everything is created in your uh, in your neo banking style. So you have a checkings account, a savings account, an investments account, a futures account. And when you come, when you come, once you come to Zaid, you're not even going to realize that using DeFi. And lastly, I would say what makes Zaid very diff what makes Zaid like you know what makes it very different is how streamlined we are. So uh, compared to you know other wallets or other super apps which let you explore everything, all of our products have been streamlined and have been curated to replicate these traditional banking services. And lastly, we have made our product to, uh, to be curated to different geographic, to different geographical areas with support for native currency. So you can do everything in a native currency. You can see everything in let's say Aina or maybe like, you know, your Nigerian Naira or, uh, the Brazilian real and like compared to other wallets or super apps, you can just view everything. In Zaid, you can even transact in your native currency. You can get your native language support. So uh, again, to sum up, our three our three USPs would be the ultimate aggregator, the best experience, and the streamlined experience. So yeah. Yeah, that, that is wonderful. I was on mute. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, what, what you kind of put is for, for the, as the USPs, I think those can be very, very fundamental to just uh, having an easier experience while interacting with Web3 applications or just getting into Web3 for somebody who's perhaps uh, not that, um, you know, well-versed in, in the way Web3 sort of functions. And it might, you know, gasless being one of them and having a clearer user experience, obviously giving them a good interface, which they find easy to navigate akin to perhaps Web2 applications is, a uh, you know, another advantage. But then let's take another step back and, uh, you know, talk about acquiring these users. You guys have been able to, acquire uh, a considerable number of users, right? Uh, so how have you been able to do that? Uh, you know, trying to perhaps spill the secret sauce a little bit here. Very simple. Like, I mean, compared to like, we just take inspiration from uh, Web2, like Web2 and like, I mean, to be honest, what we're doing in Web3, people think it's very different, but to be honest, we're just copying Web2. We have just given it new terms. Airdrops, airdrops are nothing but incentivization. PayPal had a very strong referral program. PayPal used to offer their users $5 for, you know, just using their platform. We have just named it airdrops. It's just a better way of incentivizing users, acquiring users through communities. We have had communities since the 70s. When Apple was launched, Apple was able to create their early user base via creating a strong community of tech and enthusiasts. Uh, same goes for literally every other tech product that has existed since the 1970s or even before. So we are just following the same roadmap as every company has. So we have a simple three-step process. We acquire users through different communities, different tech and web three communities. We retain them through our, we retain them through our experience. We retain them 
due to the number of due to the sheer number of features that we keep launching and we incentivize them with something known as zate points which unlike what we are seeing in defi points today can actually be redeemed for different rewards such as gift cards such as uh, such as cash or maybe uh, an exclusive rule we are partnered with several nft projects so you can get an exclusive collectible drop to you and several other several other rewards that you can get by redeeming these zate coins or zate points so you know, it's a very simple three step process it's uh, more about the execution than the guerrilla marketing techniques so yeah wonderful uh, are you also trying to perhaps uh, facilitate any offline events to increase engagement in the community personally like uh, well uh, i mean uh, again like you know we tend to spend more towards um, a product because that's what we believe a major factor is we hmm. haven't started doing a lot of we we don't do any offline events as of right now because uh, as i mentioned we like to you know uh, concentrate everything towards a uh, product and uh, the remaining just goes towards like you know acquiring users via the remaining goes towards incentives and uh, whatever is left just goes through basically you know getting different communities or getting into different um, or you know just doing online marketing offline events is something which we haven't tapped into yet and okay. for a, and for a b2c company i believe like um sponsoring different events like you know sponsoring different mega events such as uh, if i were to say different concerts like whatever whatever the traditional companies have been doing right the traditional consumer companies have been doing makes more sense whereas mm. offline events such as meetups such as hackathons make more sense for b2b companies uh, or developer oriented companies who are trying to acquire you know developers or who are trying to acquire more uh, more web3 native people whereas for a mass mass based consumer products such as ours meetups personally i believe won't be that effective for us it's mostly going to be like you know sponsoring larger events such as like you know maybe let's say a concert or uh, any big big event that's happening that, that that will probably help us more compared to you know doing our own meetups so i would say there are two reasons why we don't do meetups number one uh, number one like uh, we probably are not focusing on them very much and hmm. number two probably won't be as effective for us uh, than you know let's say compared to a b2b company so yeah okay so yeah perhaps you know every every company has their own strategy for acquisition and you because you are b2c and you know you would rather look at perhaps more uh, consumer facing ways yeah. uh, to reach out to your user a potential user base which is wonderful so you are currently live in multiple test nets right and um, the polygon pos mainnet so how does it help your product vision uh, you know by being live on so many uh, networks and uh, what what is like the plan for the future how do you envision azade as a product uh, working in the multiverse 100% so well uh, first of all like you know uh, we, uh, like we were live on polygon pos and multiple test nets multiple test nets you were live again like you know that was a mistake which we did because like you know, we were trying to farm we were trying to get engagement we were trying to get community members via different test nets that mm. was i like looking back into it like you know it was a good way to get some traction but in the long term i mean it may help us but to be honest it destroys uh, you know the trust that the users have on you so personally i don't consider it a very good decision we started on the polygon pos chain considering the fact that the infrastructure available on polygon is just unmatched Mm. Uh, but right now we have gone omni chain so we aggregate every chain that's out there whether it's solana whether it's uh, cosmos whether it's 
any EVM chain out there. We aggregate all of them because the future is not multi-chain, it's omni-chain where we are going to aggregate where if the users want to experience DeFi, they don't, they shouldn't change their chains. They shouldn't just, you know, hop from one ecosystem to another. The users should experience the best of DeFi, which we are making possible by aggregating all these chains. So we, so we, as of right now are not native to any chain and we are entirely omni-chain. So we abstract away all the chains and we are live on all chains, all chains, uh, at, at, as of this moment, it's around 45 plus. So, yeah. Okay. So this is, this is a good vision to have. I think, uh, you know, like having the vision of an omni chain, I think that makes a wonderful sense, especially for a product like yours, which is more DeFi facing, uh, in, in this, in the web three ecosystem. Now, stepping back a little from, uh, you know, Zaid. Uh, I would love to talk about and get your perspective on uh, the you know Web3 ecosystem in general. You, you've mentioned and you started the conversation talking about how you feel that you're already in a, you know, the bull run has already begun, according to you. So can you tell us a little about your perspective on the kind of niches, apart from DeFi, that will do well in this current or upcoming bull run? Definitely. So uh, personally, I believe like... Uh... I mean, uh, we cannot predict which, uh, you know, which narratives are going to do well, which mm. niches, which, uh, you know, segments other than DeFi is going to do well. It it has always been very hard to predict. It will, it will be impossible to predict, to be honest, because we see narratives formed in two days. Like we saw with the RC404 narrative, we have seen the narrative with, uh, with real world assets. Sometimes it's deepens, sometimes it's uh, RWA. So it just keeps on changing every day. Hmm. We cannot predict which narrative is going to do well or which, uh, you know, which niche or which category is going to do well because that changes every day. I mean, perhaps it's going to be a category which has not existed before this, uh, this bull run. DeFi is something which has been constant throughout. Uh, but if you were to ask me from the technology point of view, not from like, you know, uh, a price action point of view, uh, other than DeFi, there are two things which I'm very, very bullish on. Those are, uh, number one, it's Deepin. Deepin is a very interesting category, uh, where most of the projects, most of the products that we have today are, mm. uh, are, are, are probably, you know, probably going to go to zero, but few projects, few Deepin projects are something, you know, who are actually making an impact and they're actually going to do good. So Deepin and decentralized identities, those are the two things other than DeFi, which I'm bullish on and real world assets, of course. So, yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, that that is uh, wonderful. Like your perspective around, uh, you know, Deepin and uh, these, basically on the infrastructure layer, I think there has been a special focus. And uh, I, I also concur, I do think that, you know, in the next or the bull run that we are in, these are going to be the products that, that you know, you have to kind of watch out for. Is there uh, an infrastructure layer that, you know, you guys are perhaps working on as well, uh, apart from, you know, make keeping this as a consumer-ended product, but is is that something that you guys have under the wraps as well? Um, I mean, we we personally like at one point of time we were working on infrastructure mm. because um at that point of time we believed that the like you know the infra that we wanted was not available. Right. But you know, with the amount of teams like uh working on an infra for like you know, I think about three four months, mm. then we started discussing with different teams. And we explained to them what we wanted and what our vision was. So those infra companies started working on those. So uh, 
that so that's the first time we started working on infra and um if we were to talk about the infra layer uh personally we have built a lot of infrastructure such as the remitex so, so remitex was one of our products which we launched like which was one of our first products hmm. which allowed people to send payments to any mobile number or email address in the world so that was that is right now an infrastructure product which like you know people can basically leverage via different sdks but we never thought of making it a you know an sdk or an api which other hmm. developers leverage because like you know we wanted it to be exclusive to our platform uh so in terms of infra that's that's a direction which i don't believe we'll be taking anytime soon but hmm. again like anything can happen uh merchants like um, infrastructure for merchants or something like you know stripe for defi is something which we can de- which we are definitely planning on becoming uh but again infrastructure for developers is not something which which i uh believe that we are going to do something in the new future so yeah okay all right good to know i think it's good to have a sharp focus as it is when you know you're working and building something uh, so tremendous so uh, keeping your focus at level where you know you want more consumers to perhaps uh, be joining in the web3 bandwagon and uh, utilizing it in an easier efficient manner keeping staying true to your basically vision i think that that is a good way to move forward 100% definitely i mean um uh, if everybody starts doing everything then the space mm. is not going to progress and yeah. i believe we have a lot of infra projects like right. in and like and there's a reason that that we have so many infra projects it's much easier to build a business out of like you know again every business is very difficult to build but in the web3 space we have always seen infra projects or uh infra companies to do better than consider we can see that is because uh, well the and defi is built on top of you know building on top of different layer ones which are right. nothing but infrastructure so infrastructure yeah. will always be the winner of that but if you cannot build the consumer layer then the space won't survive and nobody will need that infrastructure so yeah absolutely i think that is uh, you know really hitting the nail on the head uh, now you know we are almost uh, at at the end of the time where you have to wrap this up i would love to uh, know from you uh, are there any resources or any thought leaders uh, or or just any founders that you know you admire in the space uh, that you would recommend that our listeners perhaps uh, key into as well okay so so this list, so this list is very very long yeah but- <laughs> i were to like uh, if i were to say a few people hmm. who i really admire in the space uh so one of them would be one of them would definitely be ajit tripathi hmm. so like yeah. I, like reason the reason why i like ajit sir is because like ajit khurana ajit tripathi both of them um ajit tripathi provides like he's the he's the biggest degen i know hmm. so like, he knows he knows defi and he knows polygon so like you know that's yeah. the reason he is one of the people i love interacting with he's a he's one of the people i love you know listening to he's one of the people you know i just love love seeing on it with a feed uh, a few other people would definitely be one of them would be one of them would definitely be uh, vitalik so like you know vitalik is the og he knows his stuff and but but understanding vitalik is going to take a lot of time because the stuff he says it's just difficult to understand hmm. and other <laughs> it's other, a little other, too technical perhaps it's not everybody yeah it's super technical and a few of the people who i really really admire in the space uh again like there's so many but i'm just trying to figure out from the top of my head who are the people who i admire the most um i believe uh I believe one of them i believe one of them should be definitely be mote 
Mort from Solana, Mort from Helios Labs, who is hmm. currently on Solana. So he has a lot of hot takes, and he's against. Uh, he's not against EVM, but I really like his takes. So you know, these three people are some. As uh, uh, you know, these three people are some. Uh, some people who you know who I would definitely follow on tw- follow on Twitter to you know get the insights on. Uh, but but if I were to say people who have taught me the most in the DeFi space, it would be be it would be very different people. It would be Christian from. It would be Christian from MakerDAO. Hmm. It would be um. It would Stani. I I like I like Stani, but Stani Stani has shifted more towards like you know lens and more towards yeah. uh more towards social media. So right now, I don't listen to him. Two thousand twenty one Stani. Two thousand twenty twenty one Stani is someone who I loved to you know to follow. And uh, lastly, I would say the one person uh if I were to select, it would be. It's a very uh uh he's also he's he's a he's a influencer. Hmm. But like he's a great friend, and he's like you know he's probably the uh the most knowledgeable influencer I know. It's Hitesh Malviya. So you know he's yeah. a great, very uh, very great insights. Yeah, very very te- the way he kind of puts it forward, uh, in a succinct manner. I think uh, it's wonderful because it makes it so much more accessible, right? The information. Hundred percent, definitely. So you know those are these people who I would follow, uh, in terms of resources and like you know I just mentioned the people who I like the most on a Twitter feed, hmm. but yeah. these are the resources and other than that uh, again like there's so many resources out there on the internet and right now we have perplexity so just like once you get into perplexity once you just enter the term defi hmm all that you enter into it's just it's just vast so you know just just enter the word defi and like you know perplexity or google <laughs> yeah. and you'll end up at all so yeah absolutely i think it's a rabbit hole that once you fall down and uh, you know you have a hard time getting out Oh, uh, because there's just so much to learn and so much to imbibe. Hundred percent. So, uh, Harjil, this has been such a lovely conversation. Uh, it came with its own glitches, but uh, thank you so much for being accommodating. And uh, I really don't want this to end. I think what you guys are doing is wonderful. It uh, completely uh, aligns with my ethos of making Web three more accessible uh, and easy. Uh, but uh, you know, I'd be amiss if I did not ask you this one question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. Uh, you know, you have, are someone who discovered crypto and then you got into Web three. If uh, there is somebody like you, pretty much who has the next great idea, perhaps uh, around uh, improving the ecosystem, but they are still sitting on the ledge, what would be your suggestions to them for them to start living on blockchain? Okay, so well, this is a very interesting question, and uh, I usually give a very simple to answer to this. Mm. don't just do it yeah right? just start building like uh, i mean you like you know uh, a lot of people think like you know what if i do this then the then like you know the repercussions the consequences may not be favorable but i believe until and unless you do it you won't understand so you will either you will either succeed or you will learn mm. so but once you think like you know, if you keep thinking if you keep procrastinating um you cannot do anything just so i believe just start building you'll either succeed or you learn so once you start building you'll enter into a new world hmm. and i definitely assure you is that no one is going to that you're not going to lose if you start building so you know that's that's what my suggestion is just start building just just learn how to code start coding if you don't know how to code still learn how to code because in this space you need to know how to code uh, and building is something like building is something which you have to start by your own until unless you know you have very great friends like me Hmm. Uh, so, your friends, and start building. So, you know, that's my only suggestion. I think that's those are wonderful suggestions. I think just start building. Don't wait. 
uh, I, I would even add that, you know, even if you are perhaps not that technically sound, do not let that stop you from getting into the space uh, because A, you know, you can always get help uh, and B, that there are uh, a lot of no-code tools as well that are available perhaps for you to just get started at least. You know, you don't need to have a fully working product to be able to validate the idea. You know, you just need to have an MVP and you can build an MVP uh, with, with even no-code tools and with a little help from the ecosystem uh, just so that you can validate your idea and then perhaps go forward and build your vision in a more, uh, you know, concurrent way perhaps. Absolutely. Totally agree on this because I mean, I, I myself started as a non-tech guy. Yeah. Uh, and like when I started to say it, I was a non-tech guy for more than a year. Hmm. So, you know, definitely like being technical, like that's, that's not a, that's not a barrier anymore. Like with chat oh. GPT, I mean, exactly. earlier it was a- yeah, you can, you can learn on the go, right? That is not an excuse anymore that you can have that. Okay. I'm not technical because see, I started my journey, like, I don't know, as an entrepreneur in deep tech that too, nearly 14 years ago. And I come from a background in humanities, but you know, that never really stopped me from building the products that I wanted to build and doing what I wanted to do because uh, you know, even when there was no chat DPT, there are always resources online and, you know, you can sort of become a self-taught techie. It's not that hard. And uh, as long as you have the perseverance and the grit to do it, uh, you know, the world's your oyster. 100% definitely. Totally agree on that. Thank you so much, Herschel, for making the time to speak to me today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. All the best for Zaid. Uh, you know, I'm already one of your users. I think you've built a wonderful product and I'm looking forward to your new releases as well. Yep. Thanks a lot for the call. And, you know, thanks a lot for having me, Tarusha. And really great to be over here. Thanks a lot. Likewise. Thank you.